What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Prime Examples. I'm Primetime, here with Philly, and the big homie, Prince. Warm shout-out to our melanated fact-checker, Person. Person's back. What's happening? <laughs> this is a podcast where we get together once a week and figure it out. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. Um, this week, we have a little something different for you guys. Instead of getting into the usual hot topics and current events, we're going to bring you the first of our navigating series, where we are going to spread these out and share our experiences navigating different parts of our lives. So we'll just jump right into that. Microaggressions in the workplace. <laughs> navigating the workplace. That's what we got. Navigating the workplace. Yeah. Microaggression. So I pulled up the definition. I wanted like a a clean way to explain it that didn't involve all my emotions. <laughs> so a microaggression is a statement, an action, or an incident that is indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group. Like motherfuckers asking you where you're from? <laughs> <laughs> touching your hair? All the touching of the hair. Awesome shit. Yeah. So uh, it's, the, it's the unintentional part that kills me. It's like I... I, I had the opportunity to work in different cities in Canada. So yeah. there's some environments in cities that are really, really mixed where work feels a little more like everybody grew up beside all types of different people. So mm-hmm. they know how to talk to each other and how to address each other. And it's even if you haven't met somewhere from someone from that place before, it doesn't matter. There's just like a, a universal understanding, cool. common sense. Yeah. Right. And then there are cities where there's one group predominantly taking over the workspace and everyone else is like minority is a real thing. Right. Like where we live. Like where we live now. (laughs) Alberta. For those of y'all who are living under a rock, we live in Alberta where it's Texas. (laughs) It's country. It's country. Yeah. Canadian Texas for sure. So for me, it's like I can deal with people being overtly disrespectful. I'd rather not deal with it in the workplace. But if is it the subtleness, are, the subtle shit that gets you? For me, the hard thing is when it's unintentional and it's subtle or indirect, mm-hmm. right? So like you said something, like I have a coworker. I'm the only black person in every room. It feels like <laughs> a lot of times at work, mm-hmm. and I have a coworker who speaks to everybody normally. And then I walk and I speak like professionally mm-hmm. in my professional environment. Mm-hmm. And when I walk into a room, he has a tendency to go, "Yo, Sam, <laughs> I know exactly what you're like. Why yeah. the fuck are you yoing me, dog? Yeah. Or are they try to give you props?" Yes. <laughs> No, it's crazy because it's not, he's not trying to be disrespectful, right? Yeah, he thinks that's how he thinks that's you how you greet people. He's yeah. comfortable. Yeah. It's like that's how you would prefer, you know. He's, he's making the assumption that you would prefer. Yeah. You're lucky he's saying yo. Or it's always something he wanted to like he, he wants a friend that you could say yo to. Whatever it is, I like most of the time. I'm like, I, I let some shit slide with him. Some people are more ignorant than others, right? Like, right. I know I'm like oh, your second and a half black friend, right? Mm-hmm. And, but some, like, I walked into the room one time and he went, yo. And I went, why am I the only person who just walked in? He said, yo, too. Sorry about the slam. No, <laughs> no, I we feel it. But I did, I did. Like, once, like five people in the room, everybody whips their head around, like, Whoa, right? <laughs> and that's the problem with microaggressions. You're left with that decision of, mm-hmm. like, do I make a scene? Yeah. 
or do I let it go because they keeping sometimes they don't mean harm. <laughs> exactly, it's coming from. It's that David yeah. Chappelle episode where you keeping it real. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping it real it goes, goes wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah, fam. It's like um, you gotta hold back. Me, we have ethnic back uh, last names, you know, and, and first names, mm-hmm. and when they when they act like they can't pronounce it. <laughs> But these niggas out here calling Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Tchaikovsky. You know, Tchaikovsky. Everything Tchaikovsky. And shit, you know what I mean? And you got to find something that rhymes with your name. <laughs> you know, like, you got to find something that rhymes with your name for them to be able to, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, what was your homegirl's name, person? Yeah, my homegirl's name is Suzanne, but the first letter is not an S. It's a different mm-hmm. letter. So when she says her real name, they can't pronounce it. And then she says her own is Suzanne. And they go, oh, Suzanne. And it means so like, yo, yeah. dog, yo, yeah. you can't say whatever that name is. And you can't pronounce it. But y'all can't be pronouncing motherfucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, you <laughs> know, like shit like that really bugs me. Exactly. And, and Do you always say something? I never say shit, dog. Yeah. This is I'm. We're, we we don't live in Ontario where no. we're like we got the we got the backing of like a community yeah. that work with like, you. Yeah, that work with us. You know, like I work in the oil and gas industry in Alberta, and yo, it's it's a fucking redneck environment. You know, and they ask you shit like, where you from? Like. Mm-hmm. When they see you speaking English without an accent, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, and or you speak really good English, yeah, oh, that's <laughs> what you speak really good English, and then you know what I mean? Like you can't. I'm, I'm like, fuck, motherfucker, what do you think I am? But you can't. You gotta hold your shit together. You gotta be like, oh, yeah. And these are the things, like you know, you, I, as a as a young enough, of course, you I've slipped up and said, yo, cocksucker, yo, my name is such and such, and you better pronounce it right, or. Of course, I speak English, man. What the fuck did you think? Or, but then you get older and you realize, yo, you got to protect your job. You got these bills to pay. You got these things to do. Yeah. And then now it's like, I also it's, it's, a build, it's, it's pressure that builds up inside, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and okay. one day we might just blow up on these motherfuckers. <laughs> Figuratively. <laughs> Figuratively. 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 We're just joking. <laughs> Raise our voices. Yes, yes. You know that guy that, what was that example of the guy that was... Uh, was using a restroom or something. He said yeah. he's gonna. Oh, he's out. Blow this toilet up. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Blow yeah, his yeah, bathroom yeah, up, yeah, and they yeah. actually called the police on him, thinking he was dumb. That's how we talk. Yeah, man. And it's like I've, I've, I've like uh, it's really when I moved here and I and I got into the, uh, the oil and gas industry. It was really hard getting a job. Yeah. And it's really hard to get that call back, and I find myself like not getting the call back and not getting the call back. And then finally, I've seen. I caught myself. Well, I didn't caught myself. I, you did, did I, it. Yeah, I did Delivery. it. I shortened my name. I shortened my name to a name that they're familiar with. And boom, dog. Calls lo and behold, the, the phone starts bling like a trap phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're getting all these calls. You're getting, you know, and they're speaking to you better. They're, it's it, it's so it, it's demeaning. It makes you yeah. mad. But then you got to bite your tongue. This is not our land. This is not our, you know what I mean? You Things like that. I think there's two... It chips away at you, that for sure. Yeah. Was Philly saying there was an innocence part of it where they just just don't know versus the ones that just say some dumb shit? Like, I think there's a comparison because I had one kid that I was... I think his mom called me. Mm -hmm. My mom called me, and uh, I was speaking to her in Somali. Mm -hmm. And I hung up, and the kid asked me, he's like, hey, um, were you speaking Muslim? And I was like, you know what? it made me laugh a little bit because I'm like, he just doesn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not his fault. 
that Muslim is a religion and not a language. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? And I had to tell him, well, I'm like, well, no, what you think I'm you're hearing is, first of all, uh, you're assuming it's Arabic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and then at the same time, it's not. It's a different language. But Islam, is, Muslim is not a language. It's a group of people. Mm-hmm. And I had to educate him. And he he, he took it in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He, he absorbed it. He's like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't nice. know that. And yeah. there's that innocence to them, you know what definitely, I mean? That just, it's not all malicious. No, it's not all but it, that would never it's, happen in no. Ontario, in right? Ontario, we've we've been there for thirty years, what? long, strong. You know what I mean? They've gotten. I got white. I mean, Ontario was like that. Yeah, Ontario they're speaking like Somali, that. all yeah. different nationalities. By the time we left, you know what I mean? exactly. It's a whole different way of it. You know what facts, I mean? Facts. So it is what it is. And it's not just white folks too. Like I was working um, elections Canada recently. And I was uh, the poll clerk that I'm working with uh, was an Asian guy, and I told him I was Muslim, and he asked me what country I was from, and I told him what country I'm from, and I also told him um, that he asked me what's the the language of the country, and I told him Somali is the first language, Arabic is the second uh, second yeah. spoken language there. Somewhere throughout the day, a brown guy came to vote. Uh, I don't know where he was from. He was speaking his native tongue. And after the guy voted, the, the Asian guy looked at me and said, yeah. did you understand what he was saying? I'm like, ah, do you know what I mean? Bruce Lee, motherfucker. Like, you know, I felt like you came on him. But then these are the things where it's like navigating um, the the workplace. You're, you're getting older, you know. Like, I told him, nah. They would right? get offended if yeah. you call, if, if, I, I, if was... I had just went on him and told him, ching chong, motherfucker, you think that shit is okay? Or no, and not even like, that. I was just no, getting you wrong. Yeah, on some asshole shit, I could have, like, a young young me would have been on no, some asshole No, on a comedic shit where, you know how people say all Asian people look like. Yeah, that's Yeah, you get the wrong like that. That's kind of the same thing where they would think that you speak the same or you are a part of that same person. Same thing. I had some girl that was brown just because she had similar last names to me, which is a very common last name. Automatic relation you know what i mean and it's not that they just, they just you want to cuss them out sometimes but yeah that's what i'm saying it's like a young me would have probably took it somewhere where it didn't necessarily need to go but i i understood that it's actually coming from a very miskin place you know yeah he thinks he just the, doesn't know yeah he just doesn't know that he thinks all muslims are are or all people of color who are Muslim speak Arabic. You know, that's the language. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know what he was thinking, but it was something you know, along those lines. You know, you were the same as somebody and that you're not. That I'm not. That's exactly the fundamental, yeah, bottom line. But I don't know Google if he it. decided you're Muslim or he decided y'all are from the same country. Yeah, maybe we're the same skin tone. I don't know. African he decided. and South Asian seem the same to him, mm-hmm. which is annoying. I have, I have another thing because I'm, because, okay, so the work that I do, it's, I think a little more corporate sometimes yes. than your space. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm in a lot of places. It's not as people aren't as brave, but I'm always one of the few people of color in the room, if not the only. Right. And what's happened, especially in Calgary. And so what will happen is like, we have to go out to eat together sometimes. Right. Social. So it'll be like, yeah. yeah, a work meal or it'll, or somebody will bring food or whatever. And for some reason, there's always this real preoccupation with what I eat and drink or what I don't eat and drink, right? But I also, for a really long time, had somebody on my team that was um, Muslim. Mm -hmm. And so he had the same eating and drinking limitations that I did. Um, But he's like a middle-aged white guy, right? And nobody ever like does that whole like oh hold on hold on hold on what can you have homie yeah. right never but it's always Phil, whoa, wait, Philston, what can you order oh what are you gonna drink and i'm like 
Oh boy, and I warn him because that's my homie, right? So I'm like, I'm so sorry, but every time they say my name in this meal, I'm gonna say yours. Yeah. <laughs> he, hey, same as me, whatever yeah, he gets. Yeah, whatever he's getting. <laughs> All the time. God smoker. It, it makes me crazy. Yeah. And people can't help. It's like a lot, like, it's, I have a friend at work. I shouldn't say a friend. I have a coworker. And it's, it almost feels like every time he sees me, he wants to go black. <laughs> <laughs> will be name dropped somewhere in the conversation oh, about sure. stocks. The, the like, amount of black friends he's got or Jordans or something. Something, <laughs> something Trump said yeah, about shithole yeah. countries. Like, so, I'm like, and we do a lot of our work over the phone. Mm-hmm. So all day long we can talk, but then he sees me and I see him twitching. Yeah. <laughs> I have a black friend. <laughs> three. three. <laughs> no, for sure, man. I, I get it, man. But do these things like chip away at us yes. as as people of color, as people of uh, a different ethnic background, different religious background? I find the older I get, my patience is is not as it's it's, it's shorter. It's or shorter. It's long. For me, I find I'm more patient now than I was before. Maybe it's just because of the space I'm personally in. Yeah. But I, I do get that. You, but you when you hear it, so, you've been in this yeah, uh, you hear workforce it's, longer than I have. Exactly. If you hear it more often, 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 the same mm-hmm. casual, it just is exhausting after mm-hmm. a while. You know? Is it Muhammad or is it Mohammed? Or one of those ones, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I wore Daishiki one time. They're like, what's the, what's the holiday? I was like, it's a t shirt. <laughs> but that's the just the shit that you just hear, right? And I, I used to bring my food from home, and they're like, oh, what? One, I had a homegirl of mine, right? Really nice girl. And we became cool. This white girl. And we were, she called me up one day. She's like, let's go to brunch. I said, all right, we'll go to brunch. Time passed. She comes by. Um, we hop in. I'm like, all right, let's go. There's a, we can get some eggs, some toast and shit, like yeah. down the street. Huh. She's like, um, I was hoping to have something that you eat uh, a little more. Are you bread, nigga? <laughs> a little ethnic? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, you want flavor? Yeah. Oh, that's no problem. I, yeah, I take her down, took her to some spot, get some Tanzanian food, hooked her up. She's like, this is fantastic. I mean, these ain't even my people, man. This is restaurants that are in the same city you live in that you can easily frequent, but they just don't know. But it's the innocence of it. But um, I don't know. Like, like if it's ignorance, like pure ignorance, like my tolerance is very short. You know what I mean? But if it's, if it's a teaching moment, if it's a teaching moment, then... You know what I mean? For sure. There's always I've, something that they're gonna learn from that. I've gotten like I've been up at these campsites for for the in the oil and gas industry, and I've seen like guys who like I'll do 30 days straight working, right? So you like you get to you pretty much sleep, eat, and work with these people. Uh, guys who are they come off like they they grew up in these little buttfuck towns out that nobody's heard of, and they come out to work and they see a black person or a person of color. And they start working with them. Like from the, you can tell like the first day and the last day, I always get on the last day, you're the coolest black guy <laughs> I have ever seen. And then I, I know that yo, they their ignorance didn't come from a, a shitty place. It, no. You know, it's like, yo, there's more of us, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot more. My friends are pretty cool. My friends' friends are pretty cool. You should like you should open yourself it's up. It's that to idea come, of know? representation, isn't it? Like, it is, as soon yes. as you're in communities where mm-hmm. everybody looks alike, mm-hmm. then all they get of people who look different are what they get on TV. Mm-hmm. And the way black people are represented on TV mm-hmm. or, or have been until you know it's getting better, mm-hmm. right? I almost I, I I don't blame them. I wish they read a couple books and traveled 
Google. Five miles that way. <laughs> but <laughs> Googled. But it come it just comes from not knowing. But and then they meet a couple of black people and it's like, oh you're cool. Oh you're cool too. Oh you're cool too. And duh, the solution is to meet other people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You said does it chip away at you? And before I came here today, I wrote myself a little note because wow. I didn't want to forget to say it. And it's exactly that, that it chips away at you. Because I wrote like microaggressions connected to higher levels of stress and greater mental strain for those who have to deal with with them and sorry with greater levels of stress and mental strain for those who have to deal with them than those who don't Mm -hmm. and that's because all of our options suck they're all frustrating right like our options are have the little mental debate about do i say something or do i not say something how do i navigate that or let it slide which eats away at you a little bit too the more you do that right if you do it consistently or make a thing of it teach right teach Mm -hmm. but sometimes like that doesn't always go well you know but yeah to Mm -hmm. to to make a moment of it and it's like is this the hill i want to die on every time yeah it's true yeah is this worth it yeah is this worth it is this the one is this the one this is the battle i'm gonna take (laughs) do i want to bring it up this Uh time um so i'm gonna give you guys a uh definition of the word nepotism. Okay. Nepotism is the practice amongst those who, with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs. Now, like I mentioned, I'm out here in the oil and gas industry. This is the third time saying I'm, I'm proud of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, nepotism uh, is something that's practiced heavily there. And so my question I'm going to propose here is, uh, do we hate nepotism because it's something we are not in position to practice or because it's actually a horrible practice and ruins the, uh, the workplace? I don't hate nepotism. <laughs> if you had the opportunity, I, have, you I will have the yes, opportunity. Yes. I have put people on whenever I could. Uh-huh. And I plan on being thoroughly rich and (laughs) putting lots more people on. I am not mad at it. I think that if we could have a meritocracy, if we could be in a meritocratic society, I would be okay with that. What's a meritocratic society? Instead of of giving people opportunities because you're related, like Uh nepotism or or whatever, for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, instead it's about what you earn. Do you merit Mm -hmm. that opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? So meritocratic, um, where everybody earns their place. Um, I think that that's like, the kind of place that would evolve the best. I also live on planet Earth exactly. in this time, in this day and age, with all these exist. people, mm-hmm. and I will do everything nepotism allows for me. I'm gonna get my people in. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with it too. You're with it too. Huh? Yeah. If you were in a position to practice it, you would be practicing. 100%. Okay. But, I, but at the same time, I would put my, it wouldn't be just because of, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You'd have to be able to. Reading. That's your name. Yeah, you know what I mean? At the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be able to at least do the job. Exactly. If you got the same degree as as him and whatever the case is, but I know you, I'm giving you the job, bro. But I do disagree with with people because I come from a part of the world where people just get positions and power spots because they're related Uh and they don't know shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Doing high level jobs. Not necessarily the most qualified, but Mm -hmm. that's just because they know. I wouldn't do it in that sense. But in the degree of hooking up, whoever I can hook up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Take care of the block. Yeah, First in yeah. prime time, any objections? Fuck no. I've been practicing <laughs> nepotism since I was a fucking child, dog. That's what I'm, that's my middle name, my nigga. 
Like I remember even being young and like wilding out on the streets, and my mom look at me and be like, "Yo, I'll take you to Africa and make you a general in like an army." And I looked at her like, <laughs> "What? Do you think that's okay to do?" Like and, and, and like and then when even when I went back on some like calmer uh, version of that. Uh, I went back to Africa and I was offered a position to teach in the university. Mm-hmm. And it was like four grand a month. I was mm-hmm. telling a person about it recently. I turned that down quick because I felt like, you know, it's wrong of me. I'm not qualified. qualified yeah. It's wrong of me to, to be out here trying to, you know. Teach people. <laughs> but the thing is, I knew dudes who, who came on vacation. They came to visit. Uh, they, they got they a sick staying. spot. Yeah, because they, they're, they're out here getting their four grand a month, which is like literally like, 15 G's out there. Some <laughs> universities at home are harder to teach at. No, definitely. <laughs> there, are different, there are different I, ones. I yeah. don't have an objection, but I think it's a very interesting question because I think as us as first generation, we've never had the opportunity to really benefit from nepotism in Canada, mm-hmm. the way that people, white people, who are here. So when I went back home for the first time, I have a similar experience to you where I was university educated, but I still thought that I would have to prove myself. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was an interview really was this is your job now. We when can you start? When can you start? We kicked out your old teacher. We kicked out your old teacher. When can you start? Yes. And then it started to feel comfortable. And then I got an opportunity to work as a translator on a documentary and as a bilingual person. And I didn't speak a lick of Somali. And I really did get to benefit from nepotism and it started to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But when you when I first went there, there was a natural aversion to it because we weren't uh, beneficiaries of it here in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very interesting topic. Definitely. I didn't take advantage of the nepotism situation. Uh, I'm not saying you took advantage of it. I definitely but, did. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, so, well, you took advantage of it. I. I why not? I, yeah. No, it's why not? True. But I chose not to. Yeah. Well, just on the merit that yo, I didn't feel comfortable, man. Like I was on a vacation, coming straight out of prison. Like I was like, now nah, I'm gonna go out here and teach university and look these niggas dead in the eye and tell them yo, I'm a good person. I'm so, like, I'm like, no, hold on. But was it was it a problem with the idea of nepotism, or was it a problem with the kind of position? What if you were given a very different opportunity? A lower opportunity. If I, was I mean, a, not like, a professor, like in a space, I, I can't, I can't think of something like teaching like kids like conversational English and teaching people yeah. like how to read. And oh, I'm down for all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But to put me in a position where somebody had to go to school to get that type of position, I, I wouldn't be able to. What about something like uh, Ministry of Fishery or something? Nah, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why, that's the why not? That's the crazy thing. Yeah. Why? Yeah. People guy, do the man. research for you. Read. You like reading. You know what I mean? You just go through the reports. You've been offered a ministry position in a Somali country. I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, no, well, I'm just know. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The teaching stuff is different. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, uh, I understand the, like people taking advantage of it and stuff like that. But for me, it was I wasn't in that space in life. I wasn't ready to take on that kind of uh, responsibility. And I didn't feel like I deserved it. I didn't work for it. I didn't earn it. You know what I mean? And But I don't have a problem as far as when we are out here, mm-hmm. uh, if someone is in a position in, in a company yeah. and they want to put on their homie who just got out of school mm-hmm. and is is equipped but doesn't have the experience and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Shit like that. I'm all it doesn't even it. have to be yeah, my yeah, homie. Like, it could be my... A person of color, a person that... That, that, that I want to see them get yeah, that walk the same path or similar path. Definitely. You know what I mean? Um, I'm I'm for that, but in in the sense of when when it was back on, I, I, I could have been myself. On some fubu shit, man. For us, mm-hmm. bias. <laughs> on some pay it forward stuff. Too. <laughs> exactly, it's balancing the scales. When you're in Canada, you see someone that's 
you know, a color person too. You think mm-hmm. you're just balancing the scales. It's true, true. And yeah. every community does this, right? right? Like every other community does this. So it's not like this is something that's, you know, foreign to specific or just specific type of people. A lot of people do this. Black communities are kind of struggling on that. Yeah, nepotism mm-hmm. is something that anybody with power engages in. They just get to call it different they stuff. Call, like there's, there's, there's different referral names. letters yeah, and, <laughs> and um, um, what are they? Legacies, right? Yeah, it's yeah. legacies. Legacy yeah, dog that's why they created affirmative action, right? Just because they knew what they were doing. They kept hiring the certain people, and they're like, okay, we need some diversity mm-hmm. legally. The people are watching. All right, let's let's hire the one too. You know what I mean? Just a side, a little quick tangent, because of the affirmative action shit. Um, there's a book out there in a movie based on the book. It's called The Spook Who Sat by the Door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hit to this book a few years back when I seen a, a Nipsey Hussle interview. Um, and I read the book. And and so what these companies used to do, the book is like, this. just take the title, The, mm-hmm. the Spook Who Sat by the Door, because spook is uh, a racial term for... Mm-hmm. Um, for for a dark Black person people. of color, yeah. and it's also um, a term for spy. So the book has to do with spies and CIA and shit like that. But uh, the spook usually what they did with affirmative action is they would sit the spook by the door, so people they're walking by or people that, you know they get to see and they're like, oh, there's a person of color that works in this uh, this department. So it's the, just a tangent that exactly. just popped into my head, you know. Tokenism. Tokenism. <laughs> Uh, so I have a question. Um, do you have a timeline in which you'll leave a position if you aren't moving forward uh, if, or if it's, if it's not moving your career forward? Is there like a, a timeline? I don't have a timeline per se. I have goals. Mm-hmm. I'm fulfilling certain steps or I'm fulfilling a specific purpose right now mm-hmm. in this space and time. And then when I fulfilled that goal then I'm on to the next so it depends on if that goal is conducive to then if the next goal is conducive to what you're trying to do yeah exactly like I have where I see myself Mm -hmm. in the long run I know some of the steps to get there Mm -hmm. the more knowledgeable I get the the more clear the following steps become Mm so so like I'm in my current position I have something to gain here for a time Uh and so yeah I do have a timeline for this one but I don't have like a consistent like hey I would never do more than five years at a place Mm -hmm. nothing like that Uh but it's like okay this is I have an idea of how long I'm here I need to fill this thing and then on to the next step and then so on and so forth so not a time period exactly but definitely like um, different time periods. (laughs) It's hard to gauge time period but it's just in a different sense It's, it's not calculated in the terms of five years or four years or whatever it may be. It's, yeah. it's, it's calculated by goals being achieved. Yeah. And, and then, and each one, there's like an expected range, you know, like it, oh, it'll for take sure. you yeah, exactly. It's not like you're going to sit there for six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How about you, Prince? I agree. Uh, at first, I think, I think the common thing is every five years, right. Depending on what position you're doing. Mm-hmm. But if you're in love with your position, you're good with your position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You shouldn't set a time frame. And they, like what Philly was saying is personal goals. You know what I mean? If it's something that, okay, this job is allowing me to achieve what I need to get to to where I need to be, then there shouldn't be a time frame on that. But just kind of go at your pace. And a lot of people stress on the time. You know what I mean? A lot of people yeah. think you should finish school at a certain time, get married at a certain time. Um, people are in a race I mean? with other people. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. You and should I, be in a race with yourself. Absolutely. And, and, and your, in your own personal goals. Absolutely. Your own personal everything. That should be who you're competing against. It should be you versus you rather than it you versus them kind of thing. Because yeah. you versus them will get you in a position where uh, 
instead of looking forward, you'll always be looking sideways and you're going to trip over your own feet. Mm-hmm. I just made that up. That was really dope, bro. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dr. Phil Jobbing. Are you sick, fam? Yo. <laughs> well, what do you think about it? Uh, me, personally. Um, personally, for me, it's uh, like I live the fast, very fast life. So I've had the opportunity and blessing from God to allow me to slow down. And when I slow down, I plan my life out in uh, five-year chunks. So if something, and but in those five years, I have like like Philly said, I have goals that need to be met. So if it's taking me ten years, I'm not doing my job right, you know. But in those five years, I gotta knock a certain amount of things down. And if five years is up and I've knocked most of those things down, I'm not gonna come hard. I'm not gonna come down hard on myself. Uh, that means I was working. Things must have just not worked out. Estimated yeah, time. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's a guesstimate. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? So the guesstimate didn't work out for me. I had a year here. Take Maybe, maybe I'll do it earlier. Maybe exactly. it'll work out a little bit quicker than, than I assumed. So for me, uh, having uh, a timeline, like you said, my mm-hmm. timeline is I plan it out in five or three year chunks, mm-hmm. but it's, it's goal oriented. So it's not necessarily uh, based on just the time itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think with your question, like, what's a good timeline to give yourself? Mm-hmm. It's like... It should be more Prince of what's saying, the goals. Yeah, it's like, it depends on the specifics of your circumstances. But I would say, like, speaking to if somebody's happy with what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're there because you're comfortable or it's convenient, just be sure that that's enough for you. Mm-hmm. And if it is, then fabulous. Like, that's all what we're striving for at the end of the day and then if you're there because it's for stability and you know you need that work now or you need that steady income now then work out what it would take or how you would go about taking the next risk right like you're there for stability now Mm -hmm. see what your lines are when is it like safe to do something else if that's what you want Uh right if you want a change if you want to evolve explore Mm -hmm. Figure it out. Figure and, it's, it. and it's true. Some people are very comfortable with what they have. And mm-hmm. um, change is not really on the agenda for them. Right. Um, so. If you're happy, then. If you're happy, you're happy. You're living yeah. the dream. <laughs> true. Honestly, man. Yeah. That's the that's the, that's the main yeah. goal for everybody. To be right? satisfied. To be satisfied and be able to pay your bills. But be satisfied, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next question that I have um, is about gender pay equality. Mm. So this is a topic that was brought to my attention um, by person. Um, she had a story that she was sharing with me yesterday, I believe. Yeah, I think this is a great topic to talk about, especially for Philly and I. <laughs> Women in the workplace, there was this woman who was working a job, and then she just heard from her male colleague. He casually mentioned how much he makes. And she paused and said, oh, well, he makes significantly more than I do. So she went to HR and she challenged them. And instead of feeling, you know, ashamed and caught. They said, um, just you know, uh, shrug of the shoulders. This is what the market says, that we can pay you. If you can come up with something otherwise, then we'll pay you that. But the market says, this is what we can pay you. Mm-hmm. So she had to go and interview for jobs that she did, didn't want and wasn't interested in just to get those offers. And she went back to HR and said, this is what the market says I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And then they matched it. So I was really caught off guard because I thought the end of the story was, hey, I heard my colleague saying that he makes more than me, even though we have the same position, the same qualification, do the same job. But instead it was, no, this was the market dictates. So as you know, Canada still has gender pay inequalities. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be a great topic to talk about 
for navigating the workplace as women? I was just taught a whole strategy right now. Absolutely. So is that the like expected move is go interview for other jobs and then come back with see the what they offer you and then come back? Because I've heard I've heard that is it like, I've talked about it is a little bit right. Like I mean, she, she might have phrased it as this is what the market says I'm worth, uh-huh. but what it, the bottom line is, these are the alternative offers for jobs right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can take them or I can go. And I've heard, and to be fair, I was discussing with a male colleague, so I don't know if that's different. Right. But at the end of the day, you're working with human beings. And so, yeah, you'll probably get the pay, but it's going to stall your career. I've heard that because the, because, um, because it was, you know, You're jumping ship. it was, yeah, it was a shysty move, uh-huh. right? It was effective. It yeah. put us in a corner, but can we rely on you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, because you threatened them. Yeah. It's like, no, no, if someone, yeah, facts, facts, facts. So you're not going to get brought into that. the critical uh-huh. projects, yes, right? Yes. You're not, like, you're not going to have the greatest reputation. Or that's the. Especially coming Damn, from a woman man. that's an aggressive yeah. woman yes, from a woman very. so that automatically turns people off. Mm-hmm. But this is what women have to do to pay what they're worth, mm-hmm. which yeah. is what I found very interesting. Standing so technically, what you're saying is standing up for yourself. Um, can backfire. Can, can backfire. Can can it's a negative. Yeah, can can stagnate your, if that's a word. Uh, stagnate. Yeah. Stagnate your, your career. Yeah. That's if, if very scary. You know what I mean? As 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 males, we don't think about things like this because no. the world is it's a man's world, if you will. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but to just to 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 know that the to women be a around difficult us, woman, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Is more troublesome in, in the workplace in this culture than mm-hmm. it is to be a troublesome man, mm-hmm. right? That's crazy. And to be quote unquote troublesome is like if you just if you get upset questions. sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like if you like raise your voice or shut conversations mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. It's not an exaggeration different. that yeah, as a man you're seen as assertive, yeah. right? He's a tough guy, he's mm-hmm. a tough boss, and as a woman you're a bitch. Yeah, facts. Oh, she's on her PMS. Yeah, right? it always it always goes to PMS. It does. It always goes to her emotions, and it, it can never be, yo, she's rash. She's speaking from a rational place, and you were out of line, and she fucking put you in your place, dog. You know what I mean? Taking a stride like a chap. No, it always goes to, oh, uh, it's a woman. She yeah. must be emotional. She's got to be going yeah. through something that's at home. Is. Her husband is not He's doing a tough something. boss, yeah. and she's emotional. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, even going back to gender pay equality, there's another interesting article about mm-hmm. how women who have kids at a younger age, in their 20s, are punished in terms of salary because those mm-hmm. are your highest earning years. So women who are having kids in their 20s are out of the workforce for seven years. Our 20s are our highest earning years? So from your mid-20s, I mean, it's uh, it's years that you can really move up ranks, right? Like not your highest you're earning, climbing but you're, years. you're climbing years. So if you're out of the workforce for those years and then sometimes you get laid off, you have to pick up, you know, um, at a new position. So women get punished. But then it's interesting because if a woman doesn't have kids in her 30s, she's paid less than a woman who does have kids just because how society really? is. So it's very interesting. Women are just punished for their personal either decisions way. either way. If they're having kids young, they get punished. But then if they have uh, kids in their 30s, they take a small dip, but eventually it exceeds women who don't have kids. Whereas men, whereas men doesn't have those same implications in terms of, hey, a man who has kids or a man who doesn't have kids. So women just get the shorter end of the stick. I wanted to know how you would have approached the situation your coworker was in. Where oh, this is she a, this is a story that I heard. The story. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the right move? That's my question. I actually don't. I don't know what the right move is. I think it depends on your workplace culture. Like mm-hmm. uh, where I work now, my workplace culture. I don't think would have responded to that. I think that's a very aggressive move, mm-hmm. and my workplace culture doesn't. 
I don't think they would have responded. They would have told you, that. don't let the, hit, the door hit you on the way out, huh? Yeah, I don't think because they want to know if you're in it, you know, because they really rely on me. I don't mm-hmm. think it would have been the right move, but for her, it worked. So maybe she was a more aggressive, you know, maybe it was marketing, whatever. But, but how do we avoid settling for less than our counterparts if we find out our counterparts are making more? I think like, do you fight for more? How do you fight for more? I, I don't know the answer to these questions. Pay transparency is the answer. I think, yeah. Because a so lot it's of on the organizations. Sector, it's the organization's part to say, hey, these people at level A have this many years education, this many years experience, and this is what they get paid. So then you can see what category do I fall into my level A, B, and then you can see your pay. You don't necessarily need to know how much everybody else gets paid, but you know at what level you're getting paid. So there's no obvious move for women in the workplace to get what we deserve. It's to put it on blast. Yeah, literally you take you, you figure it yeah, out you each figure time, it out each time. Mm-hmm. it's crazy man um moving uh on we're all uh people of color here i like to think person is straight up not a person of color <laughs> you said melanin but what i was trying to get at was um we're all either working towards uh careers or we're all in careers um, how do we empower our young kids coming into the workplace now? Um, f- and followed by a second question. This is a two-part question. And what would you tell uh, a 21-year-old you now? You know, what would, would be some advice you'd give? We can definitely take a moment to let that one. Repeat the question one more time. How do we empower our young kids coming into the workplace now? And part two? And part two is, what would you tell a 21-year-old you? Okay. Uh, how do we empower? So I thought of that as, like, advice to kids coming up in the workplace, yes. right? So I say yes to every opportunity while you're young and energetic. Because mm-hmm. no matter what, each one teaches you so much. Mm-hmm. I, I was lucky enough to do sort of a variety of stuff. Mm-hmm. And getting all that experience and learning everything you can about the world lets you have a clear path of what you want to do because I thought even like high school middle school I thought I knew exactly what I wanted learned a little more about it figured out it wasn't my path changed directions in university and then even after university came to different conclusions because of my work experience during school so just take it all on soak it all in and then uh networking is everything this is one that's so hard for me it's it's not my personality your personality type yeah Yeah, i don't i don't seek out people to connect with Mm -hmm. but it is everything it creates opportunities and it connects you to existing opportunities and no matter what you do or what you want to do it will serve you always Mm -hmm. so like pick up a book like find the skills follow podcasts whatever i need to brush up on those skills my damn self Mm -hmm. but networking is everything I think taking risks as well would be a... While you're young. While you're young, um, opportunities when you see it arise. You know, I mean, I had a friend of mine that had an opportunity to go study some IT in India. Mm-hmm. Never been in his life. Flew down, stayed there for five months. That's so cool. I have another friend of mine flew out to Australia, just packed his bags and said, that's it for Canada. Never been to Australia. Never been, yeah. And you know what I mean? Said, I'm out. I'm going to try The opportunity is there. Take that yeah. risk. Um, if, it, if it's something that you want. I respect people that are able to do. That. Yeah, just sure. it's hard for some people to just let that go. You yes, know, go family. to the schools that you want to go to. You know what I mean? Like, do things that you want to do and just trust that. Yeah, don't ever let it get to a point where it's like, what if? And you're thinking about, had I done this or had I made that decision? You know, um, all the decisions you make, like Biggie Small said, make make moves with your heart, heart in it. I exactly. Think that's what he said. 
make moves unless don't make moves unless your heart's in it. There exactly. you go. Um, for a twenty-one-year-old me, mm-hmm. it's uh, I would tell him stop. <laughs> stop whatever you do right now niggas stop and go back to school educate yourself because i haven't i have yet to meet uh, a single person who's uh regretted being becoming educated or being educating themselves um so that's what i would tell a 21 year old me as far as kids coming in the workplace um the biggest thing is, I feel like, is representation. So kids will come mm-hmm. to where they feel like they're represented. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why a lot of our youth are more inclined to go towards music and more inclined sports. to go towards sports, you know. So uh, I was just having a conversation like this recently. When you graduate and when you work and you enter um, the workplace and you're, you're like you're in there, don't leave your community, you know? Mm-hmm. Go back, volunteer some of your time, show these kids what you're doing, mm-hmm. show them the steps it took for you to get there. Mm-hmm. Show them that the steps, when you got there and you figured out, hey, there was a shorter way mm-hmm. and more efficient way for me to get here. Be the hooker. Uh, yeah, dog, be the plug, you know what I'm saying? Go back and feed this knowledge back. Mm-hmm. At the top of your lungs, scream it out, you know? Mm-hmm. And when, when that happens, we will see a surge of, uh, Somali doctors, Somali lawyers. The hunger. We'll They'll just see that. They want Because the hunger is there. These kids want it. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to be a lawyer. Everybody wants to be a teacher. The example isn't there, you know? So when now we do have Somali lawyers and we do have Somali doctors, but for, part of me feels like they they get to these positions and they and they just they continue living their lives, you know, mm-hmm. as best. And no, no, no shame to them, mm-hmm. but you should always like go back and, and help the next ones coming up. Don't just leave and live your life, you know, like as if it was a place to make it out of and never turn back. It's a place to make it out of and then extend your hand out and bring them educate. back and educate. So uh, 21-year-old me, stop. Mm. Whatever it is you're doing, take the jokes out your pocket, throw them down, flush them down, throw them, and go back to school. Uh, and empower these young kids as much as you can, the mm. next generation, because when they come into the workplace, It'll be beneficial for everybody in the community. Mm-hmm. 21-year-old me, learn everything, but trust your abilities. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've definitely always been inclined to like Down. reading everything around me, taking in what people have to say, like getting the different perspectives, take taking all the information I can. Um, but I've learned over the years that it's also meant that I have as a result, I think good judgment mm. and like and like a strong set of skills and more experience makes them stronger but i i could have trusted in my own abilities mm-hmm. a lot earlier and i think that a lot of us um could use that advice but that's what i would have said to 21 year old me definitely man um <clears throat> this is our navigating series so that's the first portion um we're going to keep dropping these from time to time on you um, we've got navigating our 30s and navigating uh, financial literacy uh, coming up. So we're not going to give you a time, but we're going to drop it. We're just going to, yeah, you know what I mean? Take it and we'll have some guests up on, uh, up here uh, helping us with the financial um, strategies that, that'll help our communities, you know, gain prosper. more success, prosper. That's all we're trying to do, you know? Hustle and motivate, right? <laughs> the marathon continues, Kaz. Uh, before we get out of here, we want to thank you for tuning in. 
This is a podcast where we get together once a week and figure it out. On primetime, here with Philly, the big homie Prince, and our very melanated fact checker person. And right before you wrap it up, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to let everybody know that we'll be taking a four-week break for mm-hmm. the month of for, Ramadan. For Ramadan, that's true. We almost let that one slip. You guys won't be seeing us after... First week of May. First week of May, that's Yeah, and then it'll end uh, first week of June, mm-hmm. and then we'll be back. But, you know, we just wanted to keep ourselves in the in the Godhead space for the four weeks. and Yes. Um, come and, back on the cussing. Come back on all the... And just <laughs> go study, you know what I mean? Yeah. Learn more and do, yeah. be one with what you need and your patience and, and help charity as much as you can and just be positive this month. And mm-hmm. many blessings to everybody. Um, there's a lot of people that are suffering. Um, so donations and charity whenever you can to help those people. Um, it's a blessed month, man. So. Yes. And it said that, you know, Eli said, um, walk towards me and I'll run towards you. Mm. So take this month and take your first steps and walk towards God. I'm sure whatever it is that's plaguing you or stressing you or that's on your mind that's heavy, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll figure it out this month. Um, also, before we get out of here, I wanted to give a big shout out to Father Habdi Kareem for winning yes. the SEC championship for track and field. <laughs> yeah, man, keep doing the thing, keep doing the thing. Ole Miss, very, keep doing your thing in Ole Miss. We're very proud of you. Um, you were gonna, he's gonna be our next uh, Mo Farah if we have anything to do with it. <laughs> we'll get him on there. Yeah, we'll get him there. Uh, peace out, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Ramadan Kareem. Ramadan Kareem.